Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, starring Ramon in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And, Ramon, we're mm-hmm. we're into the offseason. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and yeah, we're probably. already into, what will the team look like in 2023? But you kind of have to do that, because mm-hmm. guess where else they're doing that? Where else? Right over on South Water Street. In fact, they probably began that process about 24 hours after being eliminated by the Dolphins. It moves quick, DK. I I, I know a lot of people hadn't been privy to that type of stuff, but the idea that they're not already planning, it happens so fast with their turnover and understanding. I mean, it happens in the exit meetings of, you know, guys trying to find out where they're going to be. So you're right. That that process, man, speeds up. You got Senior Bowl. You got Combine. You got visiting dates back to back to back to back. And, yeah, that's the expedited process these days. Well, a big part of that process, because everyone loves to talk about uh, who might they get, who are they going to add, who, who can they get with all this cap space that they're going to have, and who are they going to get in the draft. But the other part of it is you lose people. Yeah, you do. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look at the list that the Steelers have of pending free agents and figure out who it is that uh, well that, that we'd want to keep out of this group. <laughs> and I'm going to start, Moan, with the highest paid guy of these 22 Who's that? pending free agents. That would be Larry O. Larry oh. Joby was an $8 million player for the Steelers. But if you remember, he had kind of a strange circumstance in signing here because he had a bigger deal, a three-year deal with Chicago. That ended up getting rejected because of a, a physical. Yeah. Larry came here and, boy, I, I'd say he proved himself, you know? Oh, oh no doubt about it. And had a better <laughs> better season, too, man. Good. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine getting beat up over there in Chicago and losing like that? Goodness. Oh, yeah. Then there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, oh, that's a nice pick, though. Do you what keep that? him? Do you keep him? He's 28 years old. I, I keep him. I, I, there's no hesitation. That That is a Pittsburgh Isn't sign. There? It Isn't is there, no though? hesitation. 100%. Isn't there? Because you're, it's going to take multiple years. He's not going to sign for a year again. No, absolutely. But they can spread that out, DK. He's proven to you. The, uh, coach Dunbar, the defensive line coach, knows how to take care of him. He made plays for this team. If there's a higher market for him, then, yeah, you got to kind of say, you know, sayonara a little bit. But – this is a Pittsburgh signing if there ever was. A guy that knows, look, coach is probably going to take care of me. There was no rush in him getting back out there when he was injured, right? There's value in that. There was no rush in understanding where is his production. There's value in that. This guy went out and made plays with his team and had the absolute ability to, to really stay healthy for the most part towards the latter part of the season, too. He also was slash is the quintessential AFC North ball player, yeah, having yeah. now almost completed a tour of the division. Uh, <laughs> I, I was talking with Larry after the final game yeah. against the Browns, in which he spent almost as much time in the Cleveland backfield as Nick Chubb did. <laughs> I like that. He was all over them, and yeah. he finally earned a sack uh, toward the end there, and, and he – he would he looked really really like afterward just mm-hmm. really determined like he could still be out on the field mm-hmm. playing uh you want that especially at that position yeah own if you bring in young kids which you yeah. really should the next generation of defensive linemen mm-hmm. it can't just be 
Cam out there working with them. No, it cannot. And I, and that's why I think your point of, you know, when you said his name, I say you absolutely have to sign him back. You do, man. Uh, we got to check out, you know, what's the full field uh, free agent, D-tackles, D-linemen. But Larry O has to be high up on that list, or at least midway through to where you say we don't have to break the bank to mm-hmm. keep him, but there's going to be a high output of production from a guy like him, man. And we say that respectfully because that was my role in the sense of, like, yeah, it, it, it's, it'll be people knocking at the door, but if he stays here, we're going to get him for a great price. And, you know, that's how you build a team. We're going to go rapid fire with a few other key names. I'm not going to go through all 22. I got one I want to throw out go there. Ahead, well, it's, it's these two that, that ha- a decision has to be made on, and I think both possibly stay. Uh, Cam Sutton and Robert Spillane. Um, yes and yes. <laughs> I <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> here again, the Steelers are not in some kind of position at cornerback or at inside linebacker. Yeah. To be saying, well, let's just get a whole bunch of new people. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have you have to keep the guys that you like mm-hmm. out of that, which leads me to letting Devin Bush go. Oh, that's when they don't pick up that option, man. It's it's oh, well, where, wherever yeah. they go for the most part, it's going to be a one year prove it. Nah, you know, he's he's he's, he's gone. Uh, you know, him, him and the 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 next two and three guys for most expensive, Mason Rudolph at five million. No way he's coming back. Uh, Devin Bush at 4.7 million. This is all, by the way, Moan, freed up cap space. Yeah, it is. Players that you don't need. Derek Watt is another one. 3.25 million for a special teams guy. Yeah. No chance. Jesse Davis, guard, 3 million to see you. I don't even know anything about Jesse Davis. And that's a Uh, good thing for this offensive line that's mostly returning. No, that's all returning. Tyson Alualu, God love him, but he showed that he was done this year. And yeah. that's 2.75 that's coming back. And yeah. Marcus Allen, 2.5 for a special teams guy who did the dumbest damn thing you've ever seen on a football field this year. Uh, yeah. That's going to be a one-year minimum when it comes down to that type of signing right there. So, like that special team box. And you got to do something very <laughs> dynamic if you're him to get out of that stereotype. And that leads me to the guy that I want to keep. I am biased here. Uh-oh. I don't care that I am biased. I say these things out loud so you don't wonder about them. But I want Terrell Edmonds back, not just so that you can lure his brother from Buffalo, but because he is the right safety to have next to your first team yeah. all pro safety. They have yeah. proven that over the years. And and this is the thing too. We had that, that that episode recently where we spoke about you know Daniel Jones needing time to grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think Terrell's in that boat. I think we saw if you put him in the right space where he's not exactly. overexposed in the passing game, exactly. uh, he becomes you know they like to call that like a rover position or somebody that floats and make plays. Playing him closer to the line of scrimmage or tight ends in a box, I think that's where he flourishes. But to your point of pairing up with a all pro Minka Fitzpatrick, who knows him best? You want Minka back there with a very inexperienced guy? Like, I know a lot of people probably didn't care much for Ryan Clark, but there's one thing that happened back there. Yes. Ryan Clark and Troy were friends, number one, but they knew each other like the backside of their hand. By the way, how does the backside of my hand look? But yeah, <laughs> uh, they knew each other very well, is what I'm saying, DK. Well, and, and it made a difference. I mean, you you mentioned that Ryan and Troy had – they had off the field as well, yeah. really tight relationship, belief yeah. in each other, a faith that the other would complete the play. And Ryan's physicality, you can put mm-hmm. that into, into mm-hmm. like, 
giant quote marks because he'd never get away with any of that stuff today. No, he wouldn't. But, but his physicality and the fear that he struck into opponents freed yep. up Troy to do certain things. And when you look at TE, it's a different dynamic. They're not, he's not Ryan Clark and, and Minka is not Troy. No, they're, they're just different players. That's not a slight on anyone, but with Terrell able to being capable of taking care of a lot of the dirty work. And that's mm-hmm. what he is. He's, he's got the dirt under his fingernails. The head coach loves to tell Minka, you are the freelancer. You go find the football. Get me yeah. the football. Get your yeah. hands on the football. Do that. Mm-hmm. And it works. Why would yeah. you want to start that over? You know? Yeah. No. Is there anybody else on the list you want to bring back, Moan? What about uh, DeMonte Casey and that three safety formation, as long as we're talking about safeties? Made of these, uh, but nah, JC Hausner for depth for sure is a guy I like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's James big. Pierre. I mean, are you are you doing that with you, the corners? What about here, Zach Gentry? Let's do that. I know you I, like, I like Gentry. Zach. Zach's I know my you guy. do. He's such a but young, Connor Hayward came guy. along. Yeah, and that's kind of hard to kind of put one over another when when Connor Hayward can really catch the ball. You are know, you and pay three tight ends. That's tough. You know what is good having three though, DK, and we usually do have three. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, I'm I'm in on Zach if Zach can make it work. But if there's a better opportunity for him, man, he needs to take it. That's that's without saying. Like yeah, it's still a business. When we come back, more football. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Continuing the all Jesse Davis episode of the Ramon Show. We don't even know who he is. He made $3 million for the Steelers this year. And the reason the reason that he was there and he was paid that money, and this is great because he was yeah. there as something of an insurance plan for an offensive line that never yeah. needed one because yeah, no. those guys never missed a snap. And that's a good thing, though. DK. Yes. That's a damn – that's a, man, really good thing because – that group had an opportunity to grow together, mm-hmm. you know, but you still say to yourself, how and why did we sign him if there was no opportunity for him to get on the field and at that price? Because panic had set in, and I think it was yeah. rightly so. I mean, yeah. I, when you look at the way that O-line was shaping up over the first yeah. two, three weeks, I don't, I actually don't blame them for this. Yeah. I just think that it, it makes you, it makes you wonder about what it means for the offensive line in 2023, because I mean, you can't count on that happening two years in a row, meaning I, I, everybody stays on for every snap or almost even, every snap. I don't even think DK that we covered him and camp much as far as playmaking ability, as far as depth or anything when it came down to it. That's one thing. And I knock on wood and say is this in hindsight now, but that group stayed together. They stayed tight. You know, uh, who was it? James Daniel didn't miss a snap, and Chooks only missed one snap. Missed one snap. So, with with that being said, that's For which he apologized, by the way. I have to share that with everybody. (laughs) I'm sorry I missed one play, he said. (laughs) Picture him saying that, yeah. That joker, man. (laughs) Uh, But that's another aspect, too, of uh, free agency that we're about to walk into, DK. The price for participation is about to go up, and I think Mm -hmm. we all got to get adjusted to – uh, what it's going to cost to retain guys and sign guys back. Just because you see a guy making $3 million a year doesn't mean that 
you know, that's exactly what he's worth. That's exactly what the market says now, simply because the cap is about to go up. The, the, the gambling money, the TV money is about to be poured in a little bit more, too. And I think that's why you find in teams right now trying to find that early draft pick as far as quarterback to get as much as you can out of them before you have to repay them again. Uh, Truth be told, to me, that's probably one of the reasons why Lamar Jackson chose to save himself instead of going out there unhealthy, too. Because an unhealthy Lamar Jackson means a less paid Lamar Jackson, too. Lamar skipped the bowl game. I've seen that meme. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm going to throw one name at you here to, to wrap up this segment. And he's not a free agent. Okay. But if the Steelers were to cut Mitch Trubisky, yeah. they would save $8 million of his $10 million salary. Mm-hmm. If they keep him, they're paying him $10 million, $10 million to be a backup and maybe not a very happy backup. Okay. Do you do that or do you say, you know what? It's it's Kenny's show. Uh, we're gonna go get like a Josh Dobbs or someone like that yeah, to be the backup. Yeah. Okay, Tyrod Taylor, someone in that mold. It's gonna cost a lot less, but we can take that money. And now, on top of all yeah. this other money that we're talking about here, we're gonna build up the. We're gonna get the yeah. best inside linebacker, the best cornerback available, the uh, best left tackle. I don't know whatever's yeah. out there. You know what, DK? As mm. it stands, though, as far as his career, that's Mitch Trubisky's career. I think the ten million for a backup like that is probably too much. I think seven million is the cap for a clipboard holder. I think that's where you hold him, and that's but you can't have that conversation with him, though. No, you know that you're a union rep. You, you can't you sit down what? and say to Mitch, "Hey, we'll pay you seven. No, well, you got to cut him. That's <laughs> yeah, the you end all. Be all. But but my, my well, from my understanding, and you t- you saying. You know, um, he he's gonna feel disrespected. Like I don't I don't know where else he's gonna go and start. That's what I'm saying. So his cap, his his ceiling has just been lowered by the fact that uh, <laughs> Kenny Pickett has become QB one. Uh, yes, but that that's also the other side. I, I will say this: I do want a vet behind Kenny. Okay. I don't. I, they got to go out and get a young guy somewhere. You know, for depth and for practice squad stuff. But they have to get an older guy that can at least coach Kenny through some of those moments, which he's still going to need from a player rep on sidelines on game day, too. There has to be somebody there to actually kind of help shepherd him along still in a player-to-player sense. Josh Dobbs. Dobbs. Who did, ben, who did Ben lean on, of all people? Dobbs. Ben. Byron, ben Charlie. first. But, but, but <laughs> Ben, though, if – Specifically, Ben, though, first ballot Hall of Famer, that he would go to the sideline and repeatedly seek Josh Dobbs' advice. Okay. A lot. And the fact that 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 Josh, God bless him, was able to go out in those last couple of games down there in Nashville yeah. and show people, hey, I, I wasn't here just to hold the clipboard or to impress you all with all my rocket science. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. I wasn't it, doing this to amuse myself. Yeah, it, it was it, it was for everybody's benefit, specifically the QB one, you know? So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh me covering the team here in Nashville though. <laughs> I think it's a strong case of jobs to have a decent market between Pittsburgh and 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 to the Titans, though. They they love what he did the second half of the season. But what better guy than you need than Josh 
Oh. He has the playmaking play, play ability, too. Let, let me ask you this, though, real quick, since we're speaking about guys that I cover on a day-to-day basis. There are rumors or suggestions that maybe a former Steeler may get cut or released. Since we're speaking about free agents, are you willing to revisit a Bud Dupree reunion in Pittsburgh at a discounted price? Because that's what it's got to be. A Bud would have to come at a severe discount. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, certainly compared to the contract that he did sign there in that Nashville. That was a heavy contract. <clears throat> but uh, it, when I look at OLB yeah. and the Steelers, I think to myself two things. One, whenever it's TJ and Alex Highsmith, no, I don't need anybody else. Yeah. But TJ misses games. Okay, I, I mean, I, I'm not. What do we get out of Malik Reed out this year? Malik Reed was nothing. Just so, so that's why worthless. I'm asking that question. So you if know? you go back to a three-man rotation at that position, which is what which is what they always want. It's what TJ yep. wants. Okay, mm-hmm. in order to play at his pace, the whole all-out, uh, oh, yeah. you know, go for broke uh, type of energy that he brings, he taps out as much as anyone else on the roster, and that yeah. is not a shot. That's just the nature of how he plays. And if you get, yeah, the answer yeah. is yes. <laughs> you did all that to come back to yes. Uh, but, but, but here again, I'm I'm biased on this one too. We, we, I, I we love know this. We know this. Pittsburgh will revisit guys if they're in a position to be revisited. Yes, uh, and we'll, the, the trust factor is already in place. You don't yeah, have to do the is. studying. You don't have to no. wonder. And you heard the coach say how many times? Who was it that caused it? Like Garrett Blunt and these yeah. guys that caused problems? And every time. They'd get cut. You'd hear Mike Tomlin say something along the lines of, this is why we prefer to just have our own guys here because we don't know what these other guys are made of. Yep. 100%, 100%, man. I just figured we bring that up since we're talking free agents. That oh, would that's be, good. That's in, good. In, in the North, you need that depth. I'll say this. I'd much rather have Pittsburgh go after him than Baltimore, Cincinnati, or the fact that Jadavian Clowney wants out of Cleveland. He's going to be out of Cleveland. Yeah, and he might stay in the North, too. So, yeah. I don't want him. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're yeah. Not <laughs> no, we don't, we don't want him. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. That's brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. That's because there are three expert chefs combing through every single possible ingredient to make sure that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for what they call Craveability, which isn't even a word, Moan. It's like their thing. <laughs> Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Our entry today comes from Nolan, who says, oh, he, he comes at you with three question marks. So okay. let me back up here a little Let's bit. Let's do it. Hey, Moan, any thoughts on all these crazy comebacks like the one that the Jaguars had and how they happen in the National Football League. It seems like they're happening more often than they should. Is momentum really that big of a deal? Do they go into a prevent mode too early or often, or do guys just let their foot off the gas offensively too early? Man, it's a combination of a lot of things. That is a really good question. I'll say this. and You've been on both ends of that. I have been. And, and watching that Jags game, though, DK, um, I knew when they scored before halftime, I said, they're not out. 
I legitimately. I, I, I did knew. you see Maurice Jones Drew? Mm, yeah. Did, did you see that? Now, yeah, man. now MJD has Jacksonville blood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but at halftime, for anybody who missed this of 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 that network show, Maurice Jones Drew said on the air, the Jaguars are gonna they're gonna come back, and then the Chargers are gonna charge her. Yeah. And you're like, get out of here, you Homer, yeah. or whatever else here. And then all, like you said. They got that one touchdown going into the yeah. half, and all of a sudden it was twenty-seven to seven, and you're like, "Oh, really?" But, but why the comeback? So so much go into it. Coaches do get to a point to where you protect leads, you try to protect your players. I think when you go up the way certain teams do, uh, you don't want to overexpose yourself, you know, by doing too much because you got to think to win games, you're a little bit more risky, right? The right. mentality is, oh, we're going to fit it into this window. Yeah, throw it right there. Get the ball right there. Run this double reverse pass. You know why? Because we got to win the game to get up. And I think with coaches sometimes, they kind of settle back a little bit and say, okay, we're good. That thing you did defensively, you'll continue that on. Uh-huh. And then they didn't. And I think that's where coaches start to scramble and say, okay, where am I at when the momentum has kind of flipped, but I can't get too crazy, but I need my plays to work. But it's, it's one of those things where I say you, you never underestimate the underdog sometimes, too, or the person that you're just beating down like that because their will sometimes, though, DK, becomes more intense than yours, listeners. You see what I'm saying? Like, us running 22 double, which was our bread and butter play, becomes, oh, it's just going to work. Not realizing <laughs> them on the other side is just fighting and clawing and gnawing at your ankles to make a tackle. The same thing that you were able to do when it's 0-0 or 7-0 or, you know, 14-21, it changes a little bit. And then next thing, oh, man, that's a three and out. We're fine. We're good. We're good. And meanwhile, the other side is putting, you know, points up on your defense and they get a little bit more angry. They start losing communication. They're trying to make those same plays, which honestly in that Jaguars game, all of it wasn't on Trevor, although it's all tabulated to Trevor Lawrence too. A couple of them were tipped. One of them, the DB knocks his wide receiver out the way. I think it might be one outright interception to him. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, he look, he didn't have a great half. He he would tell he did. you the same thing. But what? But ahead. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like he had just totally lost it or was freaked out or overwhelmed. And, and but what I saw from him was this: mm. he was upset, but it wasn't one of those Mark Sanchez. I'm losing my soul type of things. Was it? It wasn't that at all. I will never say anything that mean about anybody. You know what I mean, though. You know exactly. Or that Sam Darnold. It wasn't Sam Darnold. I'm seeing ghosts. Right? We didn't see that. It was one of them. Uh, he gritted, you know? And that's what really had me in a position to be like, they're not out. So how does it happen? Coaches, yeah, you go cruise control a little bit. Players think the same players are going to work on one side of the ball that's up, not realizing that the angst on the other side of the ball, offensively or defensively, has a little bit more pressure. And when you're dealing with 1% athletes in the world, or at least a percentage says that, that little extra push from that group of guys will swing that momentum. Even if it ain't momentum, the willpower of those dudes really puts you in a position to where you go make those plays and get those touchdowns and make those throws and make those tackles and get sacks. So it's, it's coaching, it's human nature, and it's, it's opportunity just slipping through your hands, truthfully. 
that's it just snowballs doesn't it, it does. so much of it so we can talk about schematics and everything else but there, you can just see in body language that so much of it is psychological one. go ahead i got another one though you're right psychological uh, terrell Pryor. you know where i'm going mm-hmm. oakland raiders we were the better team going out there. Oh, you would bring this game up. First play of the game, though, DK. Oh, Why? Geez. Because we're just supposed to make the tackles and know the plays, and they are sorry. And then Terrell Pryor goes 80 yards down the field or 60 yards down the field. Yeah, but Terrell Pryor, see, I, I put him into a – you know, when you watch players grow up, you feel differently about their yeah. ability. So when I watch Tyler Boyd make plays – yeah, you knew it. Because I watched him at Clareton High School. Yeah. Uh, when I see Terrell Pryor do what he did to the Steelers, it doesn't surprise me because I saw him do that to people at Jeanette High School. I covered yeah. a game that he played in Jeanette where he did like he did that eight times. Yeah. Okay. Man. So when I see him do it to the Pittsburgh Steelers, it has virtually no impact on me. And I say oh. that in a good way. Okay. Okay, but for a guy that didn't see that and a defense <laughs> that possibly doesn't know what you know, even while studying film, right? Mm-hmm. You think, he ain't going to do that again, or I'm good enough because we're good mm-hmm. to make that tackle or keep him in a box, and we get freaking steamrolled in Oakland on a half baseball field slash football field. <laughs> what a scene that was. Every single time you were out there, by the way. Yeah. Wow. Mom, let's do it again tomorrow. No doubt. I'm here.